I'm here with Captain Salvador. No, um, <laughs> how are you doing? Great. I'm doing great. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, hopefully this, uh, I don't scare you off. Um, this, I just want to give a background. So, okay. Um, I, I really want to highlight people doing really good work in the community. And um, so I, that's what I've been trying to do a lot lately with the podcast. And I, I see your, your posts on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook, especially with this, uh, our awesome president. Um <laughs> This asshole. Um, he's great. Tr- uh, he's so great. Um, especially with immigration being a, a thing, you're an immigration lawyer, Correct. right? And um, just to give everyone a backstory to us, we met with through Greek Life. Yes. Uh, with our two fraternities, and um, we were just going over it uh, off the mic, but it was mm-hmm. I had an awesome experience. Oh, um, I loved it. it. Yeah, and yeah. so we were just trading back uh, stories back and forth. Um, could you kind of catch? Catch me up, because with social media, you, you get little snapshots of people's yeah. lives. Um, so from ASU, what the hell have you been doing? Yeah. yeah. So when I had just graduated, I graduated spring 13 from ASU. Mm-hmm. And like many of my colleagues, I was still obsessed with Greek life. Yeah. You know, you, yes. you, you graduate and you every conversation kind of gravitates to some sort of how... It impacts you. Uh, you have little jokes and memes, and there was like uh-huh. the I hate Latino Greeks yeah. page for some time, and it it, it was it, it consumed me. And I think po- post graduation, I really had to start reevaluating uh, what it meant to be Sal and mm-hmm. what it meant to be Salvador, um, because up until that point, my identity was El Presidente. Yeah, yeah. And um, so one of the things that I did is I went back to okay. How did I get to college in the first place? And thankfully for me, it was an organization called Aguila Youth Leadership Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, they help high school students prep uh, their personal statements, their applications to colleges, scholarship applications, you yeah. name it. And at a t- at that time, this was 08, 09, uh, the recession was in full swing. Yeah. My dad's a construction worker. Uh, who was unemployed mm-hmm. and my mom cleaned, cleaned office buildings and you know that, that didn't make a lot of money so that year that senior year I was there was no DACA this was before then uh, I was just fully undocumented and everyone told me there's no way that you're gonna go to college yeah. like just give up it, it, it's the land of Oz like you're, you're not yeah, gonna yeah, get yeah. there and uh, I would say watch me and watch me because of this organization that at least once a month would tell me si se puede Mm-hmm. when everybody else would tell me you can't and thankfully I, I was able to go to college I was able to get my education I, I graduated with a degree in political science a degree in transborder Chicano Latino studies mm-hmm. and a minor in Spanish um, and at post-graduation uh, one of the things that Aguila always taught us was you got to pay it forward mm-hmm. you know if, you, if, you, if you're able to succeed true success doesn't come from your personal success it comes from your community rising with you and uh, thankfully, I was able to get a job uh, with Aguila, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because that's exactly when I met my wife. Uh, she was oh. volunteering at the oh. program because uh, turns out we were in the program at the same time, but she mm-hmm. was a junior and I was a senior. So we never interacted. I didn't even know she existed yeah. uh, until we volunteered. But I'm over here working as a program coordinator, trying to motivate these high school kids. And one of the things that... Uh, you know, people will realize that high school kids are smart Alex. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when uh, I would tell them, follow your dreams, do what you want, you know, they'd look at me and they're like, why aren't you doing what you want? 
And I, because I had told them that I wanted to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. And in college, you, you hear about law school and a lot of people that are interested. But honestly, I think you're, you're kind of beat out of wanting to be an attorney. Uh, people tell okay. you it's going to be really expensive and you're not going to find a job right. and you're going to have to get all these loans and it's going to take another three years. So you're just kind of, I think, encouraged to give up on that dream. Yeah. Uh, and I did. I had given up on it when I was in an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up studying for the LSAT because that's what the kids were saying. If we're studying for the SAT, you better study for the LSAT. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, I went to law school. Um, I also kind of was thinking about, uh, after being introduced to so many areas of the law, you're, you're kind of overwhelmed with what area do I want to practice. Before yeah. then, I always knew I wanted to do immigration, but then you get introduced to contract law and entertainment law and medical law and criminal and torts and constitutional. So you're just, everything that you see in daily life, I now see through the lens of the law. Like I think about design, uh, any design defect that this might have, who could I sue? Would I sue the supplier? Would I sue the manufacturer? Would they, you know, you just start breaking things down. Um, But... We fast forward to November 2016, and the unthinkable Ooh, happens. Yeah. Um, and I say the unthinkable because as a guy who studied political science, mm-hmm. uh, he defied every one of my reality paradigms. Uh-huh. You know, I, there was no way that someone like he could get elected. Yeah. And here I am on election night looking at the screens as more and more red states are turning red. <sighs> And I felt betrayed. I remember posting, it was like 3 in the morning that night because I couldn't sleep, that I felt betrayed by our country. Because up until this point, I had defended, I had uh, pushed the American ideals that we believe in, in fairness and, and respect and integrity. Mm-hmm. And we've done the unthinkable of electing a man who kind of stomps all over all those of beliefs yeah. and I say that because even with having mentors that are liberal and mentors that are conservative I, I, I've been blessed to have mentors on both sides of the aisle and I tell my, my mentors who are conservative the reason I am able to speak so hard against him is because he's not a conservative mm-hmm. he doesn't stand for your ideals no. either no yeah like, like he stands for Trump yeah he stands for him and uh, I'm like that. That's not I'm being an American to me. Uh, so it cemented the fact that okay, I'm doing immigration law because mm-hmm. what's coming is a very dark cloud over our communities. Yeah, and they need someone who can protect or at least translate to them what's going on. Yeah, that's yeah. I remember that night we, uh, me and the fraternity brothers and uh, my wife, we went to a bar to watch it and just woo and um but it didn't turn out that way and so uh i remember my wife you know crying in bed at like one in the morning then she'd be on her phone i'm like just forget it and i was trying to stay positive like maybe we'll wake up and somehow he didn't win and it was it was shitty and i had to go to school and look at my kids and um just some we couldn't really talk about it like as teachers yeah. were not supposed to, but uh, I had a f- like maybe two or three kids out of the eighteen who were like, "Woo, Trump!" And I mm-hmm. said, "Fuck, man, you don't That's you don't so know." Crazy. And it's just it's because their parents. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, with uh, with the immigration specifically, um, I mean, he 
That was the first thing he said when he came down the escalator. For me, it, it was... was I, I honestly think that he took a page out of the Arpaio playbook. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he took that message to a national audience. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So everyone was kind of... A lot of the country's been blindsided by Trump. We've been seeing it here for at least 10 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, 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 we've seen the rhetoric. And to be honest, the whole reason that I am still optimistic is we know how the story ends. Mm. They're going to fall. Mm-hmm. Arpaio fell. Like, yeah. yeah, he got saved with a pardon or whatever you may want to call it. But at the end of the day, like, his political career is gone. Mm-hmm. Even with his own base. Like, they just, man, let the old man go out and die. That, yeah. that's, that's basically where he's at now. And that's what's going to happen to Trump. I, I do have faith that our country will wake up. But I think that a lot of people who could have voted didn't vote mm-hmm. because they didn't feel confident in the other choice. And in their minds, there's no way he's going to get elected. So yeah. I'd rather say I didn't vote for her right? and still be okay because he's not going to get elected. And then yeah. here we are. Yep. So I'm hoping and praying, but I, I'm not going to lie. As uh, the election, the midterm election even nears, I'm starting to get this little anxiety of what if... It doesn't turn it doesn't out like turn, I yeah. think it's going to turn out again. Like Because I remember even the Super Bowl, which was like in February after the election, it was the Patriots versus Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I remember the feeling of the Patriots. I knew that but there were news reports that Belichick or that Brady supported Trump or yeah. whatever. So seeing them come from behind and beat... Atlanta, I w- it was like I was having it all over again of like, why is this happening to our country right now? I don't understand. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so now with the midterms, I, I'm a little freaked out. I'm staying optimistic, but you know, that there was all this momentum that got picked up with the Kavanaugh situation. And Ugh. he's just speaking ridiculous things about reporters and the media and how they're the devil. And I, I want to be, I want to be like, have you guys not read a book? Ever. The, 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 yeah, ever. The, 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 this is every <laughs> dictator just... ever. Exactly. And then I realized that they haven't. Yeah. And they and I used to believe that people. I knew that there were some racist individuals in our country. I mean that that's a given. But I believe that the vast majority of people were ignorant. And I do still think it's our job to try to shine that light. Mm-hmm. What's been bothering me lately is the fact that. People are now in a place where they choose to be ignorant. Mm-hmm. We have so much access to other information. Yeah. You have so much access to be able to talk to someone who doesn't believe what you believe. But we're choosing not to engage. Yeah. At least not in a, in a dip- diplomatic way. Nope. This just turns into uh, shouting matches on Facebook. and uh, I know a few people um, on my side who are also guilty of it with... Well, Trump supporters won't listen to me, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. So I'm like, well, but if you don't try, then how do we know? How are we going to make a difference? Halfway? Yeah, and it's, it turns into this crazy snowball of no one wanting to talk to each other and then uh, people not wanting to do research on the other side. Um, I mean, and from the beginning of the country, our founders have always had opposing viewpoints. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's the very beginning of our country. No one agreed on anything. Yeah. But what they were able to do was have dialogue. And then as much as they didn't want to, they compromised. Yeah. Like everything, a lot of our, 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 our foundation 
no documents were because of compromise and compromise and compromise. And unfortunately, we live in an age in politics where people are being pulled to these extremes. And I obviously have leaned left most of my life because of my immigration situation. Um, but now there's people on the left who are starting to spew the similar hate to the people on the right. Yeah. And I'm like, we're becoming the very thing that we're fighting against. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, and I think, you know, besides being a whole beta thing, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that are not red or blue, that they're purple. Uh-huh. And because we're complex people, we, we don't yeah. all agree on every single issue on every single platform. Yeah. But no one's talking. No. And that's sad because that's the first thing you learn in school. Like, talk your problems out. should be. You sit yeah. down. And then for somewhere... Like, a switch gets flipped. I don't know if it happens. I think for me, like, when I started seeing the switch was, like, somewhere in middle school. Where, like, a lot of my classmates went from, like, this is the the protocol for how you engage in civilization. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know, maybe for them, like, a lot of middle school kids are, they they're, they're become more aware of their realities and their circumstances of, like, well, civilization wasn't fair to my dad. Right. Or civilization wasn't fair to me. Mm-hmm. so why am I going to follow it? and I think that's when I started to see this change and unfortunately it, it it made a lot of optimistic dream having children um, all of a sudden be faced with the, the, the dark side of our civilization right mm-hmm. um, how how are you so positive? how are you since high school how did you keep that mentality. I think even, it's even now in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's something that I picked up um, because I had to. Uh, when, when when you grow up undocumented in the country, you, you have two options. You can choose to say, "Well, there's no way things can get better, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to try." Or, I'm thankful to all the leadership activities that I did. Uh, I picked up on this phrase when I was in middle school, even in high school trust the process mm-hmm. and I used to joke about it in college and great years and stuff but it, it, it came from before then and to me trust the process means you have to have faith that even if things don't work out now if you put in the grit in the work mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen will happen even if it's not what you wanted yeah and I've been blessed and I say blessed because as I just as I needed something I'm a man of faith, so I believe that God opened that door for me. Mm. Um, you know, just as I needed to go to college and I didn't have a driver's license to get from 51st Avenue in McDowell to Tempe, mm-hmm. the light rail becomes active. Yeah. And just as I'm about to graduate from college and like, how, what am I going to do? How am I going to work? Like, I have a college degree and I'm going to be, you know, working construction. Well, here's DACA. Yeah. You know, just when I'm going to graduate and uh, I don't know, I got accepted into law school, but it's too expensive. Boom, here's a scholarship. So thankfully, I've been very blessed that just as I needed it, this next little door opens and this yeah. next little door opens. So I have faith, and I do, that, you know, I, I drink the Kool-Aid when it came to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I drink the Kool-Aid in the sense that uh, I believe in the ideals uh, in its more pure form and I know that that isn't the way that they were intended when they were written uh-huh. but, I, but I believe that the interpretation of it now which is we are not a perfect unit mm-hmm. it's a never ending attempt to become a more perfect union 
mm-hmm. and each generation has to p- push the needle forward even in our dark times you know we always growing up in school we always hear about the the civil rights movement and like oh look how they banded together and they made things better and blah 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 uh, because they were going through a challenge if there's one thing i'm thankful about trump is that i feel like our generation didn't have a cause hmm? Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, our biggest that. issues were reality TV, and what kind of shoes were you wearing? Uh-huh. Like that's what you're. That, that's what yeah, we're that's, focusing that's our attention bigger, on. Yeah. Survivor. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. We we didn't have a cause. We didn't mm-hmm. have something to believe in. And uh, if there's a benefit to Trump, it, it's shaking us awake. Of we can't take everything that we have for granted. A lot of progress has been made. But you have, you know, it's uh, McCain said that thing said it, or someone said it. You have to fight for freedom with every generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think uh, if I wasn't optimistic and I didn't believe that things could get better, I wouldn't be where I am today. Mm-hmm. I would have given up. Yeah, I might be in Mexico. You know, yeah. that that's just the reality. So, I try to stay optimistic. I try to believe that things are happening for a reason, and. You know, I, I do. I am. I do believe, and I know that things will get better. Yeah, I. I hope so. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I man, I'm. I'm hoping. Um, with, so with your um, with your specialty of law and and immigration, what have your thoughts been with? I mean, it. I think the Muslim ban, and then I think of now with the caravan and. All this stuff of him wanting to send um, the military down at the border to stop, um, and then messing with DACA. What what goes through your head as as someone who's who studied this and this is now your life? I as an immigration attorney, I feel like I have to be listening to the news all day, even when I'm working. Which I think maybe that's one of the reasons I'm also been more optimistic. Uh, I've realized I've seen the patterns in the news cycles mm-hmm. um, and I listen to CNN and I listen to Fox just to see what I'm like there's no how are they spinning this how, yeah, yeah. how can you it's possibly spin this it's always crazy how they and, and they find a way to spin they it they do and, oh. I, I, and I'm just like okay well at least I know what they're thinking now I, I can see the flaws in it but I can see why they're thinking it um, but I see this news cycle of like you know headline 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 and then I also feel like either there's like journalist fatigue like i feel like the network gets tired because i see like some certain days where there's no new breaking news uh-huh. and it's more like the same thing over and over and i'm like i feel like they're taking like an off day mm-hmm. but i think that's one of the reasons i've kind of stayed optimistic too it's we've gone through two years you know two years have gone by and you know hopefully it's only another two years and not not four uh yeah or six i guess uh, yeah. um but with the immigration situation, it, it seems like right now I have to bring in clients and tell them two years ago when you signed us up, or three years ago when you signed up to fight your immigration case, you had a strong case. Yeah. And if, it had, if we were fighting this last hearing six months ago, you would win. Yeah. But since then... Damn, sessions really? has sessions. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the issues with immigration. So immigration, theoretically, is an area of law that should only be controlled by the legislature. 
they're the ones that have the power to pass enact legislation to give naturalization or not. That's their power in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. The problem is that it's their power to do that, but to enforce immigration, that falls all under the executive. Mm. Beyond that, our Constitution was designed to have three separate branches. The legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Immigration has its own judges that don't fall under the judicial branch. So as weird as it is, the president and the attorney general control those judges. Yeah. Yeah. So we always talk about this checks. Yeah. We always talk about these checks and balances of a judge is supposed to be almost uh, non political, Mm -hmm. uh, very, um, well, non non partisan. And here we are having an executive who gets to appoint these judges. Yeah. How did that. Yeah, it's because they're, it's going under the, the umbrella of enforcing immigration. Oh, man. So, yeah, they all report to Sessions. So yeah. well, what's weird is that, let's say you have your immigration case here in Phoenix, and you don't like the result. So in a regular court, you would appeal it to the, the appeals court. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, like, for example, if you're on the federal level, like a circuit court. In immigration, you appeal it to the Board of Immigration Appeals, mm-hmm. which are also appointed by Trump. And now, let's say you don't like what you don't that that decision. Theoretically, you can make the jump into the judicial branch at the Ninth Circuit and continue fighting that way, or the Attorney General can pull any case, give his own decision, even though he's not a judge; he's just an Attorney General. Yeah. He can give his own decision. And if he wants, if he finalizes it, yes, you can appeal it. But sometimes he'll say something. So I am ruling this. It should change things. So I'm sending it back to the immigration judge. They fight it again. Goes back to the BAA. They give a decision. He can pull it again and remand it back. So theoretically, what? you could fall into this never-ending loop of never getting your justice. Yeah. Which is a uh, huge problem. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, so that's, then people are just stuck. Theoretically, uh, yeah. I mean, well, the, the, yeah. the reason it doesn't happen is because you're talking about low-income communities who mm-hmm. are already scraping by to pay for an immigration attorney, uh-huh. uh, and these are very expensive cases. Um, and then you're asking them to pay more for an appeal, and more for an appeal, and more for an appeal. Right. When they're trying to decide, do I use that money, save it because I'm going back to my home country? Or do I literally go back to my home country with nothing after trying to have fought and lost? Uh-huh. Yeah. I hate this. is stupid. Yeah. It, it, it's this infuriating. Sucks. It's infuriating, man. Uh, you know, and then with DACA being in the air, um, my wife is DACA. Uh-huh. I'm DACA. So everyone, uh, it's, the irony is that I'm the immigration attorney that can help you adjust, but I can't adjust myself. Yeah. There's literally nothing I can do. So there's been a pause on that. Or what it's, what do you mean by you can't help yourself? I can't become a citizen or a resident ever. Like uh, the way the government is currently structured. So let's say a lot of people talk That's about let's stupid. go back to the back to go back to the back of the line, you know? Yeah. Well, let me break down the line for a lot of people. If you entered the country and lived in the US undocumented for at least a year, mm-hmm. the moment you step outside the country 
you trigger an automatic ban for 10 years. Okay. Now, you go outside. Okay, 10 years. Cool. I have to wait it out. And then I can try to immigrate maybe to my brother. You know, he's a citizen. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, your brother can petition for you. Okay, great. Uh, he submits this petition 10 years from now. So that would put us in 2028. 20, mm-hmm. Right now, they're barely processing paperwork from 1997. Cool. So they're moving quick. <laughs> yeah. So Dang, at the very least, what? you're going to have to add another 20 years to that. And mind you, it's going to get even worse because in 2001, a lot of applications were submitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, to try to get some sort of relief. So that means that by the time everything's said and done, I would probably spend 40 years in Mexico before I could try to come back to the United States. Yeah. Right in time to retire. So that's just the realities uh, mm-hmm. of, of the, this so-called line. A lot of immigrants that are Trump supporters are like, well, I did it the right way and I entered the legal way. People don't understand how much easier... It is if you're European mm-hmm. to immigrate to the United States. First and foremost, they're like, oh, you know, it's because I, I paid so many fees and then I had to submit like tax information and we had to submit uh, bank information, blah, blah, blah. Great. Realize your privilege. Oh, yeah. You had enough uh, money <laughs> to pay yeah. that. You were able to pay taxes in your country because you had those funds. You, you had an ID. Yeah. You know, you had a bank account. In the Americas, you're talking to people that are making $5 a day, maybe 20 to $25 a week. You're, having, you're asking them to pay hundreds of dollars to file a form. Yeah. They have maybe a middle school education. No bank account. No. Like, if they had all of that, they wouldn't be trying to immigrate to right, the U.S. Yeah. to begin with, yeah. you know? But but that's just the reality. And the thing is, it, what infuriates me is there's no reason that Americas should be broke. Yeah. We're so filled with resources, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, they're, we have access to two oceans, to the ports. Like, we can export, import. Mexico shouldn't be broke. The rest of Central America shouldn't be broke. What's happened there is that everyone talks about, oh, well, they should just try to fix their own country. They've tried, and then the U.S. has stepped in and supported the wrong guy. So a lot of these countries that are in shambles mm-hmm. are because, hey, you know what? That dictator was kind of friendly to us because they would help us with the banana trade. So yeah. let's keep him in power yeah. without realizing that fast forward 20, 30 years later, you have this caravan. Yeah. People don't realize that we are the cause of it. Yeah. People talk about the drugs that are coming from south of the border. Who's buying them? Yeah. Exactly. Why aren't we talking about that problem? Right. You know, we, we, we love free trade in America. Let's talk about supply and demand here. Yeah. You know, the reason there's so much supply is because we have a problem as a country. Mm-hmm. And we want to take all the benefits without taking any of the blame for it. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame humans. As long as you have a prosperous country next to countries that are poverty-stricken, going with families that are starving, it's human nature to try to give your family a living, Mm -hmm. sustainability, and a better life. Yeah. So unless we address those issues, we're always going to have an immigration problem. Yeah.
And it, a big thing that, that jumped out, you know, with all this is it, it became this sort of, well, it's us against them. They're coming up here to take my stuff. And I feel like Trump really, really harped on that and got people going with that. Mm-hmm. These people are bad. And they're coming to do bad things to us. I mean, immigrants have always been scapegoats yeah. uh, from the beginning of time. And I think with the reason Trump won is you had a lot of blue. I mean, I remember growing up, the blue collar worker was a Democrat. And the rich people were Republicans. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I always interpreted it when I was a little kid. Yeah. And now the blue collars are Republicans. And anyone educated is now a liberal. Yeah. You know, like that. And theoretically, if you're educated, you're hopefully living a little bit better than your family did before. Um, but what I think ultimately happened is... You had people who grew up in small towns that were vibrant, that had stores, that had, hey, look, there's the bakery, and oh, there's the mechanic shop. And everyone had like their role in this beautiful little American town with the white picket fence mm-hmm. and the company factory down the street. And then the factory leaves. Yeah. I, if there's one thing I agree with Trump, NAFTA screwed everybody. Oh, it did. And I think I NAFTA much. NAFTA screwed everybody, and everyone thinks as Americans, well, because of NAFTA, they took our jobs, they they sent them abroad, blah blah blah. So you're right, there are jobs in Mexico, but they're paying five dollars a yeah, day. Yeah. So Mexico didn't gain anything either. You know, the big heavy hitters in Mexico did. They won. The people who won were the companies. So now you have these companies that have left the United States, these factories that have left the United States, and you see these small towns go to hell. So you have people that, older people, now in their 60s, 70s, who long for those days. So when they hear a phrase, make America great again, Mm -hmm. keyword again, they are harking back to those moments. And now, instead of blaming the company, they look around and they see, well, what's different now compared to then? And they see a lot more brown faces. Yeah. It's easy to blame them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I think that's the one of the main problems is they're, they're, they're blaming the wrong people. You know, right now, if, any, if anything, the reason we've been able to stay sustainable as a country is because you are paying low wages for the people that pick your food. Yeah. You are paying low wages for the people that are cleaning your house. You are paying, you know, low wages for the people that are building your homes. That's just the reality. Yeah. And it's, it's that whole sense of that other. Mm-hmm. So then... Yeah, we're not the same. Yeah. We're not the same. We're not the same. You realize that immigrants are sometimes more American than citizens. Yeah. Like, American um, immigrants believe in the American dream. And a lot of American citizens have forgotten it. Mm-hmm. We uh, Americans sometimes feel very entitled to their lifestyles without realizing how much different the world is. Mm-hmm. It's another uh, observation I've had, and I don't know if, if you run into this. So uh, my mom came from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and um, she, but she's super uh, into Fox News. Mm-hmm. Huge Trump supporter. I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? He hates us. What are you yeah. talking about? And it's, and then her friends who are also from the Philippines. And it that's what I'm I'm seeing is, um, 
the maybe just maybe it's an age thing these older people like you were saying and but it just blows my mind i don't understand how my mom and these other immigrants can support this whole thing and i the only thing i could tie it to is that they 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 the the republicans and trump they they boast this success america's awesome money and that's what she wanted yeah, for me selling was optimism. To, yeah she wanted me to succeed and to make money and um and it just blows my i don't know if you've run into that i think my biggest problem with trump is the the fact that the fact that he is the the people that support him i in my mind are selling like their soul for yeah. for something that they're gaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when when people support him, I understand the people. Like I said, that the small town people that that, that oh, kind yeah. of support him, I understand it. I don't agree with you, but I understand why you feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that that emotion for you is more important than the equal treatment and just treatment of everybody else. Yeah. Like you're trading in that chip. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, it's okay to mimic someone who has a disability oh, man, that was... because he's, he's saying yeah. money, and yeah. you're saying it's okay for him to like. I talked to someone yesterday. Um, I, I, I was able to keynote at an event, and uh, someone came up to me afterwards, and they're a Trump supporter, and I looked at her, and I'm like, he talks that he's this big negotiating guy. And I understand he's trying to highlight there's some criminal immigrants. You know what? It's true. There are some criminal immigrants. She's like, oh, but he cares about immigrants. His mom was an immigrant and his wife is an immigrant. And I'm like, yeah. So why doesn't he say that? No, he never said it. Like he could easily go into a conversation or at a rally and say, you know what? There's a lot of, you know, MS-13. There's a lot of bad immigrants, blah, 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 blah. He's like, but you know what? I also know immigrants that are putting in the work, who have given back to our country, who have believed in the American dream. Like, he could easily say that in the same speech. Yeah. And he chooses not to. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. And, I'm, and I looked at her, and, and she could just see the, like, the, the perplexion in her face, because I'm like, you know that's wrong. Uh-huh. You, you're creating, you're justifying Trump and giving him this wiggle room. But he's not delivering on that. And yeah. you're just choosing to give him more and more and more. He's doing things that we never thought were going to be done in the White House. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I lost my mind when I saw the Kanye uh, <laughs> interview with him. Because I'm like, they're in the Oval Office. Yeah, this is happening like, in the, the this Oval is, Office. This is in our Oval Office. Like, you know the decisions that had to be made in that office... And here we are talking about hydrogen planes. Time, time travel. And, and Superman. Yeah. And I love Superman. I do. Uh, but like wearing a hat doesn't make me feel like one. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I, and, and that makes me sad. Yeah. It's just the truth. It's just sad. It makes me sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw you, you spoke at a, an event. Can you tell us about the event? Yeah. So this was just yesterday. Um, and it was, I was invited to speak by the local government Hispanic network. Okay. Um, and it's a national conference, I guess. Uh, most of the people here were from Phoenix and the local municipalities like Scottsdale and Tolleson, et cetera. Um, 
but there were also people here from Texas, from Washington, from Colorado, uh, who were just trying to learn more about how you can better serve your local government, I mean your local communities through local government and obviously nonpartisan, et cetera. So, and that's what I told them. I'm like, one of the things that I do like about local government, and to be honest, I, I don't know much of it. My extent of local government is Parks and Rec. Uh-huh. And, and I said that in the speech, and I'm like, and I please ask the like, show. Yeah, yes, yeah, I love the show. yeah. And I, and I told them, and I please, they, they laughed, and I'm like, I ask that you don't shatter that perception. Uh, yeah. Uh, because in my mind, you guys are all Leslie Nope, and you have this conviction and belief that it's good to serve people, mm-hmm. whether they are left. That you don't see them as blue, you don't see them as red, you see them as your local residents your local constituents and that's what it's about Mm -hmm. i mean because in any level beyond this it is all all about the politics and it shouldn't be that way yeah and they 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 appreciate that yeah but i love parks and yeah leslie ron ron is my spirit animal uh yeah my my wife and i have binged it twice yeah and it's i love the show yeah I love Jerry. I love <laughs> Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Jerry, no. Jerry, Gary. Gary. Yeah. And then, ah, uh, I need to go through that show again. I was just thinking about it because I've gone through The Office a oh, few times. Yeah, same. And then, I mean, it's obviously similar, but I was like, how come I haven't gone back to Parks and Rec? So that's that's the next plan is oh, to go back to. through you that. It's to. just, ah. Uh, We're actually dressing up uh, with an Office-themed uh for Halloween this year, Are you? my wife and the baby and I. Nice. So we bought her uh, a bear costume. My wife was gonna wear a shoot farm beach shirt, and I'm wearing the Battle Battlestar Galactica shirt. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, 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 there be very few. Yeah, beats, bears, exactly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, what other shows then? Let's just go on this. On this Netflix thing. Yeah, like let's go. Uh, Parson Rec, The Office. West Wing. West Wing. The West Wing. I missed that. You need to watch The West Wing. Okay. So, I, I watched The West Wing uh, when I started law school. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a show that came from the late, na- late 90s to early 2000s. Uh, but I used it as therapy okay. uh, post-election. So, oh. and I, I thought I you know, I was, I did it with that intention to like, I'm like, I need to pretend, I'm li- <clears throat> I need to pretend I'm living under a different administration. Uh-huh. But then months later, I saw reports of The West Wing became one of the most watched shows literally right after the election. And I think that's what a lot of people did. Um, But it it takes place kind of like House of Cards shows you the government for what the the dark side of it could could be. Mm -hmm. The West Wing shows you the complexities of government, but how it should operate Mm -hmm. and how it should work. It's kind of a take on the Clinton administration but also towards the end yeah very much pre-obama mm-hmm. and it ends like the series ends with a very obama-esque uh, character coming on okay um so i i love the show it is yeah. i watch it with subtitles because it's so complex but it has these great scenes where they rebuilt the west wing stood like the the, the actual West Wing in a studio somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's very much uh, they the camera follows them from one office. To I remember, I remember that part hallways. of the show. Yeah, and it, it just it seems so real. You you need to watch the West Wing. Yeah. Like that is by far one of my favorite shows. Um, watch The Office, Parks and Rec, um, uh, How I Met Your Mother. 
Uh, I never got into it. So I, I... I don't know why. I, I think my wife and I watched it at the perfect time. Okay. Because now we've tried to rewatch it. And it just... We can't as much. And I don't oh, okay. know why it is. I, I don't know if we hit this threshold. Yeah. But for, for the longest time, I'm like, I'm Marshall and you're Lily. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it, it, they, they were like... They, they had very similarities to, to our life. Like a lot of parallels. Um, and then we watch, obviously we watch Friends, and then we see how those were two shows were literally parallels of each other yeah, as well. Yeah. And um, what other series is right now? We're watching Cable Girls. On oh Netflix. yeah, Serena's watching that. Yeah, and it, it's really it's really interesting to see um, the suffragettes in Spain mm-hmm. and how in some areas you're like, I can't believe that's happening. That that happened. Mm-hmm. And then you see other things where like I can't believe that's still happening. Yeah, it's like, strange. We, we didn't yeah. leave that. Um, yeah. What other shows have we gotten into? Uh, I really like The Man in the High Tower. That was my. That's on my uh, next thing to watch on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, because it shows you how quickly we can turn as a country. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that d- d- don't know what the show's about, it basically gives you an alternate take if the Nazis in Japan had won in World War Two. Yeah. And how, as Americans, we kind of just embraced it. And it just it gives me, again, the parallel to now of, you know, we, we are kind of just choosing. You, you see, I feel like, on a weekly basis, you know, corner carry or... Oh, Damn, um, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it, it, it's tough. Permit patty. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Permit patty. And uh, those people have always been here. Mm-hmm. They've always been they've been your neighbor you just never knew because it wasn't okay for them to say it uh-huh. uh, it, that's another thing that I'm glad that kind of Trump has thrown a spotlight on I, I've had so many debates with I, I, I specifically have one fraternity brother who is very conservative uh, and we got into a lot of heated arguments and he could swear that you know there is racism that's the 60s thing there, there's no more okay and I, I've been wanting to have this conversation with him now post-Trump because he, he's he's in the military post-Trump and just be like, so, no more racist? How's, how's that going? How's that going? Yeah. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's another spin. There's always a spin to it. So. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and that's the crazy thing is when, when something will pop up, like Stormy Daniels or something, yeah, Fox News just finds this great way to yeah. oh, somehow, no, no, star. it's these people. What? Who are yeah, you like, like about? They, they write her off as a crazy porn star or a stripper, and I'm like, okay, you, you want to see her that way? That's fine, whatever. It's your right. opinion. Then why was he doing hanging out with her? She's so bad, right? Yeah, if she's so bad. Yeah. Why is he taking pictures and doing all these things? Uh-huh. Because you choose not to highlight that. Mm-hmm. She's just a crazy lady. Yeah. Or even, um, I'm sure you with the caravan when Trump said, uh, the, uh, "There's Middle Easterners in there." We Where? Start, yeah. Show me the proof. They're, they're just in there, just hanging out. And he said, there's no proof. There's not proof of a lot of stuff. And I said, what? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. And it's... Oh. It's ridiculous. But yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely found the safe haven uh, haven in Netflix and yes. TV shows and yeah. movies. I'm really into the Avengers movies. And I think it's also just the fact that like I've already invested too much into it to not be involved. Right, yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, nah, with, yeah nah, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, with, well, because I feel like now we're going to go on a huge Avengers thing. Uh, <laughs> and I'm cool with that. Uh, with Cable Girls, this was, is always interesting. Um, 
culturally to, to see different things about Serena speaks Spanish mm-hmm. and um, she would watch it and she would try to do something else while listening to it but she can't because she says their Spanish is, is so, it's so fast different. it's yeah. so different mm-hmm. and then I go wow I didn't even notice that that could be a thing and so I like to pick her brain about you know what exactly about it is different and it, it's just it's so cool to, to I think that. for this uh, because to be honest like my mother-in-law sounds like she's rapping with how fast she, oh, yeah. she speaks in Spanish um, and my family my, my wife's family is from Sinaloa um, and I'm from Aguascalientes in Jalisco so even our dialogue in our, in our vernacular is different mm-hmm. um, so for the longest time like when I started courting my wife I had no idea why they were laughing at certain things and I'm just oh. like haha you know whatever I've picked up on it now and I'm even picked them, picking up on their terminology but when it comes to like cable girls mm-hmm. or any other like full Mexican uh, TV shows I realized that it isn't so much how fast they're speaking it's the complex sentences they're building mm. and because I continue to develop my English as a professional but my Spanish stayed at a middle school level. Oh. So, yeah, I understand it. And yeah. uh, if they were to speak something, I know exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, when I'm drawing on words, I'm not drawing on the vocabulary of someone who has a university degree in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm using the vocabulary that the everyday person would use, yeah. which is maybe middle school to high school education yeah. vernacular. So that that's that's what's been challenging. Um, but it, like I said, it isn't so much that I don't know the word because I know what they're saying. Right, right. I just would have never thought to use that word because it's not in my in, in my uh, bank of words. Uh-huh. Um, that's why I also use when I watch Cable Girls, I watch it with the subtitles. Yeah. Because I need to find like, wait, what did this? Oh, okay, they're talking about that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, she even tried it with the the English. Um, not the subtitles, but the over. Audio? Yeah, and it just it sound, it's just weird. I, I didn't just, try it. Yeah, it's, it's really it. weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, um, and I watch anime uh, with English subtitles, mm-hmm. and I, my brain tricks itself like, oh, I know Japanese. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, Avengers, where are we? What are we doing? What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Uh, yeah. Infinity so, War, I'm guessing you saw. Infinity War was, I, I really liked it, and I liked the way it ended. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's like, wait, what? How does it end that way? Well, if you knew, there's going to be two versions. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know that this is very much like a, it's going to end in a, probably a very dark spot for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the take on it. Um, I'm kind of sad to see like Tony Stark go because uh, I feel like he's nearing the end of his, yeah. you know, he's just really expensive. <laughs> uh, and then you know Chris Evans posted something along the lines like, like this is this my end. Last, uh, yeah. yeah. So there's speculation that is he gonna die? Is he gonna retire? But um, so I'm kind of bummed about that. Uh, I do one of the things that I did like about uh, Captain America so far, at least, is he's one of the few um, heroes that hasn't taken this. Uh, although he's had love interest like that hasn't been the overarching theme of his hero's yeah. journey uh, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that because growing up, I was like a hopeless romantic. Like my end all and like, like my end all is to find the one. Yeah. Like I remember being in four, like four years old and walking near like the swap meet and a little girl would walk by and I turn around and I tell my mom like, I've been struck with Cupid's arrow. Like when I was yeah. four years old, like that, that's, that's kind of what I've always looked for. So, and I, even when I was like engaging in school like it was always like oh i might meet the one and i might meet the one i'm like nine ten years old I might <laughs> meet the one. Uh, and i look back to it and, I'm, and i think well you're an idiot you should have just enjoyed mm-hmm. your childhood um but i always seen life through this paradigm of searching and finding you know and it's cool to see a hero's journey that isn't that like i mean his first love interest is that the, the... Uh, Peggy Carter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess his, like, her grandniece her or grand- whatever yeah, it is. is. Yeah, it's a little weird, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, sure. you know, but it's like, even then, they, they haven't really made it a thing. So I think that that's one of the things that I, that I've kind of liked about it. And then there's this whole speculation, like, well, maybe he's gay. Ooh, I yeah. haven't heard that. Yeah, because, like, he and Bucky's relationship is very unique. Like, he's oh. looked for Bucky more than he's looked for any love interest. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's, there's that potential I'm down if that happens. I think that would be cool. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, there, there's a couple, like, articles on it of, like, how, how there's, like, these parallels as to why, why they believe that he actually might be gay or Bucky might be gay. Yeah. So maybe not him, but Bucky toward him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Falcon is just sitting there. And Falcon yeah. just, you know, has his drone. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is cool. with his bird drone in the front yard yeah. while they're doing stuff. Um, and then, as I was watching it, and I've watched it a few times, I've, I was like, I'd be cool with Thanos as president. Over, yeah. over His plan makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's logic. There's logic. See, so there's there's an appreciation of logic. Yeah. yeah. You know, Loki kind of makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like... I kind of want Irish Thanos 2020. Um, so with oh another thing, you get a thousand points for saying courting when you were courting huh. your uh, your wife. I love that. Um, how were your parents in supporting you uh, wanting to become a lawyer? Uh, they were full behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So with my parents, thankfully, like uh, I always say this that there's a way of life balancing itself out. I, I may not have had a social security number growing up. I may not have had uh, citizenship, but I had very loving parents mm-hmm. and a very strong household. Like so much so that it wasn't until recently that I realized that my parents and my family wasn't like perfect. Mm-hmm. And my wife would kind of make fun of me because I kind of did see them through this paradigm of like, I have like the best brother yeah. and I have the best sister and the best parents. And now, now that I'm older and I'm starting to see like some of their flaws, um, I still love them just the same. Uh, but I, I, I grew up in these rose, like you know, rose-colored view of uh-huh. of my life, and they always supported my education. They always said that I could. My mom used to say, if you ever wanted to be a citizen one day, you have to do good in school. Mm. So that was one of the things that uh, motivated me to be top of the class to be a line leader to be the door holder to be a student of the month yeah uh, I, I used to live for those things um but one of the things that in my family that was always interesting is my my mom's uh, and her siblings they uh they, they we they all grew up catholic 
Um, and then my uncles married into people of different faiths. Um, mm-hmm. So my, my, one of my, my first uncle married someone who was a Jehovah's Witness. And he hasn't ever fully converted to Jehovah's Witness. So that's caused a lot of friction between him and his wife. Oh. I've been together for over 20 years. Uh, and then friction with us as an extended family because I have so many cousins that every Saturday is like a birthday party. Nice. Right? And they don't, they, they don't attend birthday parties. So uh-huh. it, 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 it created a lot of resentment uh, towards her, like my, my aunt uh, and my family because my a lot of my family would see him as like you're taking him away from us mm-hmm. and then the same thing happened with my other uncle who married someone who is a, a different denomination uh, in terms of Christian and um, he did convert right away but then he when he's like when you're a neo you know like you, yeah, yeah. you're super excited and you think everybody else is wrong mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> yes. he starts yeah. So he he, he kind of used to attack uh, our my, my mom and her aunt, uh, uh, you know the ones who remain Catholic like you guys don't know anything you guys don't read the Bible and it was a lot of bashing and so much so that I kind of grew up a little traumatized growing up in the sense of I didn't want to marry someone outside my faith yeah. and I wouldn't even date someone who was outside of my faith and and, and with the same token I wouldn't date I used to say I'm not gonna date someone who's undocumented. Mm-hmm. like we're gonna shoot ourselves in the foot yeah. and uh, destiny has its funny way of sorting itself out um, my wife is undocumented uh, and she is non-denominational Christian mm-hmm. um, and I have since left the Roman Catholic Church um, when I was in middle school I went deep into like learning about my faith because I wanted to be able to say if I'm Catholic it's because I'm Catholic I understand it instead of just being a cradle Catholic mm-hmm. and I, there was a lot of things I loved about it, and then there was a lot of things that I that just didn't align with what I believed, which was, I, I'm very, I believe in same-sex marriage and same-sex equality. I believe that a woman should be able to lead a congregation because yeah. she is just as powerful as any man, and I just didn't see that in the church that I grew up with. So I actually joined just recently, I'd say in the last year or two, the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. uh, which for those that don't know it, uh, Robin Williams used to joke that it was Catholic light. Uh, <laughs> it, it's the same traditions. It's yeah. the same traditions, the same rituals, but um, actually our priest is, is homosexual and he leads mm-hmm. the congregation. Uh, we have uh, women who, who lead the service. I... Uh, confession is more of uh, uh, an option instead of like you have to come, come confess your sins and do these things to be forgiven it isn't like that it's more like hey do you need to talk to someone mm-hmm. I'm here to talk and then also if you want to um, if you want to commune it's open to everybody so like if a homeless man walked into the building and was like it's in his heart to commune yeah, they're just like go ahead they're not okay. gonna say anything. They're not gonna like go ahead. Like here's your bread, yeah. here's your wine, and you know you move forward. Um, so I'm kind of delving into that. So the reason I bring that up yeah. is because my mom is like super Catholic. Like she goes to church like three times a month, like a week, uh, yeah. and uh, even more now that my brother and I are kind of grown and she has more time in her hands. Um, so there was a little friction there when I started joining the Episcopal Church. Yeah. Uh, from that side, that's where I felt the least amount of support. Okay. Um, but I think now she's just also come to terms with like, 
he's always done what he needs to do. Yeah. And in the beginning, I actually took her to a service, specifically like my daughter's baptism, because I wanted to show her like, mom, it's literally the same thing. Like the creed is the verbatim, the yeah, same yeah. thing we say, the, the lectures the same, the sermon's the same, the Virgen de Guadalupe is there, like mm-hmm. everything's the same. So I was hoping that that would kind of like settle her heart and be like, okay, well, you know, at least it's everything's the same. No, it had the complete opposite intention. <gasps> she was just like, well, if it's the same, why isn't he over here with us? <laughs> so, I, I, you know, parents. Yes. You know, uh, they'll find something. They'll find something. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I've learned. Like, growing up, I always believed that I wanted to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, as a boy, I see a father figure. And I'm just like, you know, and my dad was very stoic and very hardworking. Loved us, but he would not come to say, like, I love you. Yeah. Um, and... I, for the longest time, I searched for women that were like my mother, who were mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, very open, very warm, very touch, yeah. you know, and uh, I realized when I met my wife that I am my mother. I'm oh, not my father. Yeah. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized that my wife is my father. Hey, so yeah. it's a it's that's, a twist pretty, on yeah. the Oedipus that's complex, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, my she she's very hardworking, very uh-huh. introvert, very uh, not so much touch, you know, very just very like very stuck with the, the, these are there is no gray area when it comes to her morals. Like she's very black and white, and this is my values, and this is my integrity. Yeah, um, that's my brother, you know, and that's how she is. My mom and I were very goofballs, uh, uh, social, yeah. very kind of pranksters here and there, and it, it, it it's been very a very interesting thing to to realize, and I'm a lot happier now. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's I hate you. No, <laughs> that's that way too beautiful for this. Um, that's when you were saying uh, now you you sort of see things in a, with a. A lawyer scope of well, who made this? Who would I yeah. sue? Who? Um, so I studied psychology, mm-hmm. and so, and uh, when when you tell me you know, your parents supported you and they, they were always there for you, uh, I hate my parents. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but they they pushed so hard that I went the other way, mm-hmm. and it I, I made a lot of mistakes, and I was the class I was probably the smart Alec that yeah. would uh, talk to you in high school. Yeah. Um, and so I went that way, and it's that is just so interesting to me to see where people land and just how people grow up. And you're saying, you know, you you sort of embody you, your mom's essence, yeah. you know, and your your wife is your dad. And then I just think that's just a beautiful thing of just where people go. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, so amazing because I remember growing up, like I always was very independent, mm-hmm. and I always. Like, I told my mom, you're so lucky I was undocumented because if I had the documentation, I would have left. And and she's like, oh. and I'm like, don't take it in the sense that you guys were terrible parents. On the contrary, like, I felt like you guys were so great that I was ready to challenge, like, take on the world. Oh, that's and, me, yeah. And, but so, yeah, I always wanted 
to leave and I wanted to do my own thing. And even now I'm like, I'm a horrible son because of, like I only talk to them maybe like once a week, yeah, uh, you know. And my mom will sometimes message me, she's like, you just got to say like, hey, I'm alive. Yeah, yeah. You know, or when I was in college and in Greek years, you know, you show up home, you're coming home like at three, four in the morning <sighs> on a Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you're just like, I just want to know you're alive. Mm-hmm. And I do it. And we have text so we could do it, but we yeah. don't. And we're like, I'm not a horrible child. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy now to see. And I know I'm going to pay for it with my children because my daughter, I feel like, is already starting to develop this little personality of being very independent. Mm-hmm. Um, a sign of that, I mean, she's eight months and we all we try to feed her and she's like, no, she'll take it from my hand and she feeds uh-huh. herself. Yep. And I'm just like, oh man, you're, you're kind of doing this already. And yeah. like, I see little things of how I am with my personality. Like in the morning, I, I am not a morning person. Uh, because I am I, I am a morning person in the sense because I'm forced to so in the morning when I'm operating I'm like in zombie mode where like I'm, I'm awake I'm driving but I'm not the life of the party I'm just kind of mm-hmm. taking on it she's the same way yeah like, you know she'll be awake and she'll just stay there like for an hour just laying just chilling looking around the room not doing much mm-hmm. and then she becomes the life of the party like later on at yeah, night yeah. and things like that so it, it, it's crazy how you see a pattern in every generation and mm-hmm. how it continues to duplicate and my wife hates me for it because <laughs> she, she, she hates me for it because she's like if she doesn't call us I'm blaming you uh-huh. or she doesn't yeah so and she also hates the fact that she said papa that's the only word that she said so far yes. I have it recorded it's saved yes. and everything it's yeah. great um, so she's like she gets so excited when she sees you walk in the door she's like I'm at work and I come home and she's just like hi <laughs> so like that's it so yeah. it, it, it's it, now entering fatherhood it, it's been it's been interesting yeah and it's, it's crazy uh, sort of a mirror or yeah. maybe a, a reality check because now I'm seeing all just how just how hard it was or how hard it yeah. is right now to be and I think about it and I'm like god she put up with us my stupid ass for all those years and, I'm so and they were like super young like my mom and dad were 17 and 18 when they got married yeah a year later I was born uh huh so I think about yeah, it is, yeah. like at my age now my dad would have a almost 10 year old uh huh like that's a 10 year old like, yeah. like a 4th grader like yeah. I can't and so yeah I, so now I'm I try a little harder with, with my mom and my dad too even though he's well, he's whatever but um <laughs> but he was there so yeah. um yeah, it's so fatherhood. Yeah. You've enjoyed it oh, I somewhat. Love it. Yeah, I you love it. love it. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't love it at night when she wakes up. No, nope, I didn't love that food. part. Um, mine was the the reverse. He he did not want me for the first almost year, and it wasn't until ah. recently that he he'll cling to me, and then Serena will come home from work, and then I'll give him to her, and then he's like, nah! and then so she'll give him back, and he's fine. And so uh, it wasn't until. I was like, man, he hates me. This is gonna suck so bad. <laughs> this is gonna be terrible. But and with the independence thing, we'll be on the playground now that he can walk, mm-hmm. and we'll be on the playground. I'll say, hey, look at this shovel, and he'll just walk off. Oh, there it is. He's gonna That's get, it. Bye. He's gonna get a job and move out, and yeah. then I'm gonna be. Well, thanks. Thanks and, a lot. And I think uh, a lot. That my mom says that I was the same way when she would drop me off in preschool. Um, she said the first day I dropped you off, you you didn't look back. You mm-hmm. just I. I Dropped you and you left. You didn't say bye. You didn't say anything. You were just yeah. ready. 
And it's kind of crazy how you see these little moments that are kind of very symbolic of the attitudes we end up becoming. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's... I'm going to chain him to me. Yeah. I'm, that's, 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 I'm not, not, not going to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we usually end with uh, just a few like more lighthearted questions. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, favorite movie? Ooh. Uh, or you could do top five if, if that's too... The, 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 I, I think I can narrow that down to one. Um, Mi Familia. Mi my Family. family. Uh-huh. Uh, early 90s, almost fully Latino cast, but it basically is the story of a guy's family from dad venturing to the United States to the children who grew up, and because of the influences of the country, go in a million different ways. Yeah. So, like you know, they said it's crazy how people can be put through similar things, but end up in different yeah. situations. That's 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 a great movie. Nice. You should write that down. Uh, what is your go-to for releasing stress? Oh, um, damn! What is a good one? I mean, the politically correct one would be the gym, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I think it's it's TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I love television I always have it taught me English uh, you know and uh, every fond memory that I have is TV shows and how and I think it it made me uh, realize that shows have a lot more kind of like a book how there's, there's symbolism to it and there's yeah. reasoning things are happening and the, maybe the sound is a certain way like it, it's made me appreciate that much more when I see movies and television and I can usually predict that something's going to end. So when it doesn't go my way, I'm like, ha, huh, I appreciated that because I thought you were going to end with this. Right, right. Yeah. And it's re-watching cartoons and movies now. Uh, there's some stuff in there where I go, oh my God, that is so adult. Yeah. That's, yeah. What do you, full House what full, is like full of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what is going on? I'm like, Uncle I... Jesse and Joey and Ooh. Danny were doing a lot more they... than just watching Three Little Girls. It was, yeah. That house bumping. Um, what is a childhood um, aspect from your life that you want your daughter to experience? So it could be a toy, a TV show, uh, a place you went to a lot as a kid. Yeah, I think I want, I want her to play. Mm. I feel like a lot of, and I mean, I, I'm only saying this because uh, it's what I see. A lot of kids are stuck to their tablets or stuck to their phones or whatever. Yes. And I, I remember, like, growing up in the 90s, like, Barney was huge. So it's like, it was all about imagination and imagination and imagination. And I feel like kids lack it because they're just like, well, how would we play? It's just the yard now. Yeah. When before, like, I remember we, like, my my friend, my, my neighbor had a picnic table and we would, like, sit down, like, lay down on, on the bench part and pretend we were in a submarine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we would just like make believe these things. Or like we had little toy soldiers and we'd set them up in different parts of the, the yard. And we're like, well, this trash bin means that it's a satellite who can pick up your things over there. Or playing hide and go seek tag. Like, mm-hmm. like all these little things. Like I, I want my child to experience and to realize that, yes, TV is great. And I, I think she's going to love movies and yeah. because she like is captivated by it. Um, but I just want her to enjoy childhood mm-hmm. that's a great one uh what do you spend too much money on <laughs> eating out yep, i love eating out so much uh where, do you, where do you go uh 
Well, I was just on this crazy, like, healthy binge um, where I lost, like, 50 pounds over the summer. Oh, nice. Uh, so I couldn't really go to many places. I tried poking for the first time. I love poking. And I love it. And I he- thought I would hate it because yeah. I-, I don't like fish. I, I-, I just oh, really? I- I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. Uh, pokey doesn't taste like fish to me. No. It's it just, I'm like, wait, they- this can taste like that? I yeah. have no idea. So I'm in love with po- pokey, but honestly, yeah. My... my, my, my- First love is, is buffalo wings. I love yeah, wings. And I, I tried ATL wings for the first time, yeah. like, two weeks ago. My walk is watering right now. I've like, been I wanting to go there, yeah. You need to. Yeah. And, and, and ask if you can have, like, if you can have, taste one of the ATL-style wings. Okay. So it's like a dry rub, which I'm not a big fan of. I like sauces. Yeah. But there, that one is just goddamn. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing. Nice. Uh, what's your, well, then what's your favorite wing place? Since you love wings. I think I really like if we're talking cheap but good, like they never let me down, it's long wongs. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I feel like I talk to people and I'll say, Let's go to Long Wongs and no one knows what it is. What? And no unless, unless they went to Camelback or North. Yeah. I feel like yeah. we had one down the street. Well we had a long wongs in the West Valley. Okay. For like um, for the longest time, so I knew that one um, for like my whole childhood. Um, but yes, I go to the one on Thomas. All yeah, the yeah, time yeah. Now, and I love it because if I'm looking for something cheap, get the wings. I go to Little Caesars, pick up a couple hot and ready's, and uh-huh. you know, just chow down. Um, but I really like ATL wings. Um, mm-hmm. I love Red Devil wings too. I haven't been there in so long. You need to have yeah, the wings I haven't there. Been there in so long. Yeah, I got well. Because I, I'm scarred emotionally, I got fired from there. That's, that's <laughs> probably why. You know what? I Fair enough. Been. So Fair uh, enough. I think I can try it again. I, I think I, I'm. I really like. I haven't gotten a while, but Devil's Advocate, they have uh, golden style wings. Uh huh. Those were delicious. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, all the, of course, all the Greek fundraisers at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings and um, the the grills. Um, oh. What New York? Uh, oh, Native uh, New Yorker. Native New Yorker, yes. Yeah, yeah. All those. Native uh, New Yorker was good too. Yeah. But I just feel like the their wings were always really small. I felt yeah. like. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, like I'm like oh, I can. I'll eat them and I'm like oh I guess I'm done. Yeah. I guess that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give someone who uh, is looking for immigration advice? Uh, like as um, in personal advice or yeah, they're if thinking they, about if they want to, yeah wait what what just happened <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, no if they're if they're trying to to become a citizen oh okay yes, yes. so they're, they're looking for help in their own case yeah so who do you this is where you drop where you work oh and then they, 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 they come this to is you the, this is the value okay yeah um drop that ball <laughs> uh, so i work in the law offices of ibarra maldonado and associates okay um if you Ibarra is probably if you type in Ibarra in immigration you'll probably find it Ibarra is spelled Y-B-A-R-R-A we're located here in downtown Phoenix uh, on Central and just south of Thomas Mm -hmm. Uh, and I know for us we provide free consultations so I tell people all the time if you have a question just do a consultation you're not going to lose anything like you know you'll meet with an attorney he'll give you your options uh, if there's something that you can do, great. Let's move forward. If there's something, if there's nothing we can do, at least now you have the peace of mind that like, well, at least I know that for right now there's nothing I can do. 
maybe that can change later. Yeah. You're not worrying about, well, there was that one time that I could possibly maybe come get your answers. Uh, and if not with us, there's multiple immigration attorneys across the valley. I know a lot of them provide for, uh, initial consultations for free. Okay. So just do your research. We always tell people uh, when they come to a consultation to at least go visit two other ones. Okay. Um, I I can I think admit I can admit that we're not the the most affordable places, but that's because when you have uh, immigration or a small practice, you have two options. You can choose to bring in a lot of clients at a reduced amount because that's the reason you can keep it reduced because of so many people. Right. Um, the problem with that is that sometimes things fall through the cracks. You know, there's a, and unfortunately it isn't so much like I'm helping Mr. Rodriguez, it's I'm helping number 582. Yeah. You become a number. And I, I've worked at a, some, a couple of those locations and to me it was a very um, factory-like. And you know what, power to them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if it gets the service done, it gets the service done. I just did it. I wanted more of a personal mm-hmm. engagement piece. Um, and now uh, I work at the firm that I work at. We're, we're, we've taken, we take on less cases, but we give each case the dedication that it requires. Yeah. Um, because the way I see it, if we're going to be spending thousands of dollars anyways, wouldn't you want to be able to do it with someone who is willing to sit down with you and explain to you what's yeah. going on instead of saying, just sign here. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And you're invested. Yeah, you're invested. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Now, thank you so much for. Doing no, this. thank you for having me. This now, was actually a blast. Now I'm hungry for uh, ATL wings. There you go. Cool. Thanks. <laughs>